$10,000 reward is being offered for information leading to the capture of a dangerous criminal. A complete description will be given later on True Detective Mysteries, which follows immediately. Hello? Hello? Oh, Henry? Hold the phone! Hold the phone! It's time for O. Henry, public energy number one. Yes, it's time for O. Henry, America's famous candy bar, to present transcribed true detective mysteries. And now, O. Henry, America's famous candy bar, brings you John Shuttleworth. This is John Shuttleworth, editor-in-chief of True Detective magazine, bringing you the case history of an actual crime. In the years just preceding World War I, a strange series of deaths swept through a little town in a small country in Europe. Before the cause of these deaths had been ascertained, all of the townspeople had been panicked. Most of them had lost friends or relatives, and it was indeed a common belief that a malevolent monster was at large, harking back to the days of Dracula and werewolves. If it had not been for the level-headed police work of Commissioner Rinaldo, there's no telling what might have happened. We pick up the case early one morning in the office of Commissioner Rinaldo as he's reading stacks of letters complaining of the death toll in his town. Another death has just been reported, Commissioner. We are being deluged by telephone calls and anonymous messages. Just one moment, Lemaitre. While you are speaking of messages, read this letter. It is typical of all the others on my desk. I do not have to read it. I can guess what it says. But I do not know what we can do, Commissioner. All of the doctors insist that the deaths were from natural causes. They are honest men, their reputations are at stake, and there is nothing to refute their statements. You said another death has been reported. Who is it this time? Jeanette Claire. She died last night. Very well. Send for the physician who attended Mademoiselle Claire. I wish to talk to him. Also, investigate the lives of all those who have died during the past six weeks. See if you can find any possible connection between their deaths. understand you sent for me, Commissioner, and Dr. Godin. Yes, Doctor. Thank you for coming so promptly. I wish to discuss the death of Jeanette Claire with you. I understand you were her physician. I attended Mademoiselle Claire. Uh, Dr. Godin, you told me the other day that all of the recent deaths of the people in this town, whom you have attended, were from natural causes. Do you still believe that? Yes, I do. This hysteria that is sweeping through the town is without foundation. Jeanette Claire had a bad case of influenza. There was nothing mysterious about her death, I assure you. It is difficult to make people believe that, Doctor. They are in the grip of a terrible fear, and they are demanding that the police take some action. There is nothing for the police to do in these cases. Perhaps not, but the townspeople believe that there is an inhuman monster in their midst, ready to swoop down upon them at any moment. I was hoping you could help me. The only suggestion I can offer, Commissioner, is to print an article in the papers that we doctors are all agreed that there is no cause for alarm in the recent deaths. You know that has already been done. It has made no impression whatever on the superstitious fear in our town. There is nothing I can do if people are foolishly superstitious. But the deaths are too numerous and too sudden. Is there not something unusual about a, a strong woman like Jeanette Claire dying of influenza after two days of illness? Emphatically not. Perhaps you are right, Doctor. These letters may mean nothing, but in spite of your denial, I am not so sure. 
As commissioner of police, I can no longer ignore the frightened appeals of a terrified populace. I am going to find out whether or not these letters have a basis in fact. This is John Shuttleworth again. So grimly determined to take care of the people in his town and to discharge his duties as police commissioner successfully, Commissioner Rinaldo began to probe into the darkness of these mysterious deaths. In just a moment, we shall hear what happened, but first, it's time for O. Henry. Hi, fellas. Happy <laughs> New Year. Thanks, Janie. <laughs> hey, you making any exciting predictions for 1950? Well, not me, Danny. I leave all crystal gazing to the experts. Well, here's one prediction for 1950 you can bet your bottom buck on, kids. I predict that in 1950, millions and millions of folks will eat millions and millions of O. Henry candy bars. Yes, after more than 30 years of consistent popularity, it's plenty safe to say that in 1950 and for years to come, candy lovers everywhere will go right on enjoying O. Henry's mouth-watering flavor combination of smooth, velvety fudge, blended with a luxurious taste of tender, buttery caramel, enriched by generous clusters of crisp, golden roasted peanuts, all thickly coated with a melt-in-your-mouth goodness of pure, rich, real milk chocolate. Yes, this year, next year, or any year, it's always time for real eating fun. That's O. Henry, public energy number one. Thank you. Now back to our true detective mystery. Do you not want another cup of tea, Francois? No, thank you, Mademoiselle. <laughs> I, too, have no appetite for eating and drinking since these terrible things have happened to our friends. Uh, please, my sweet, let us not depress Francois and this lovely Michelle with talk of death. After all, they have to be married in a month. Uh, it is all very well for you to talk, my husband, but I do not think we can depress Michelle any more than she has been. After all, she's a nurse. She has attended many of those poor unfortunates. Michelle, do you agree with the doctor's the deaths are due to natural causes. I am afraid to answer that question, madame. Michelle, surely you as a scientific nurse should know the... Francois, I must admit that the patients I have attended had the symptoms of the diseases to which their death was attributed. For instance, I, I could see nothing unusual about the death of Jeannette Claire. And yet... And yet what, Michelle? Francois, I'm frightened. It is as if a black terror of olden days has descended upon this little town. Oh, madame, you have been away the whole night. How is my boy? Oh, your boy is fine. Tell me, how are the Rosés? I, I understand that husband and wife were both taken ill. Is that true? Tell me. Give me my boy, mademoiselle. Did the Rosés tell you what has happened to them? Dead. Both of them. The doctor said it was fronting muscles. Oh, do you believe the muscles killed them, Michel? Do you? Do you? I do not know. Do not ask me. I do not know. Just give me my boy. Francois? Francois, can you hear me? Uh, Francois, can you are not sleeping? Oh, Michel, I am ill. I, I feel very badly. 
Here, my darling. Have some of this champagne. It will help you. No. No, I, I do not feel like anything. Come, drink it. No. No, I tell you, I, I do not want it. Oh. So you know now, Francois. Yes, it is I. There is no supernatural force, Francois. It is I, Michel Thierry. I alone who am responsible for all these lovely deaths. And you, my darling Francois, to be even next. No. No. Drink. Drink. Will no one save me? No one, Francois. Drink. Well, Lemaitre. Another death, Commissioner. Who is it this time? Mademoiselle Torini. Torini. Yes. She died of domain poisoning a few minutes ago. When will it stop? When? What is it? I don't know. Two days ago, it was Francois Coquille. This morning, Mademoiselle Torini. She lives with a friend, Madame Boyer, who was also very ill. But the doctor said that Madame Boyer may still live. She's been taken to a hospital. Compliment. There is no time to lose. We must reach Madame Boyer and talk to her. She may be able to help us. In spite of what the doctors say, I am convinced that we are dealing with a mass murderer. I'm sorry, Commissioner. I cannot let you talk to Madame Boyer. In any event, it would do you no good if I allowed you in the sick room. She's very ill and may not regain consciousness for hours. Very well, Dr. Goodnow. You will, of course, let my office know the moment she is able to talk. Of course. Come, Lemaitre, there's nothing more for us to do here. I do not know what else we can do, Commissioner. Think. Think. That is what we must do. Somewhere, somehow, there is a connection between all of these deaths. There is no connection. All kinds of people have died, old and young, men and women. Whatever it is that is killing these people, there is no motive behind it. No motive, Lemaitre. There must be a motive. Just as there must be a method. I will not believe in a supernatural cause for these deaths. We must find some person who has had access to the homes of all these people who have died. Some person who can come and go as he pleases without fear of arousing suspicion. There is no such person. All of these people were attended by reputable physicians and had the best of care. Why, Mademoiselle Torini died in the arms of Michel Thierry. Yes, now that you mentioned it. So she did. And who attended Francois Coquille in his last illness? Michel. But she was engaged. Yes. And who nursed Monsieur and Madame Rosé? Michel again. But surely, Commissioner, you do not think... Go back to the hospital and... No, no. Check on all the other deaths. See whether Madame Thierry was the nurse. Then go back to the hospital and wait outside the room of Madame Boyer. I am going to pay a call on Michel Thierry. Oh, Commissioner, come in, please. I, I must apologize for the condition of the house, but I have had so little sleep in the past few weeks that, that I was not... That is perfectly all right, Madame Thierry. I wish to question you about the many deaths we have had during the past few weeks. Oh, well, of course, Commissioner, but I I do not understand how I In could... In your talk... capacity as nurse, I thought you might throw some light on these deaths. I assure you that anything you tell me will be regarded as strictly confidential. 
I understand, Commissioner. Now, have you noticed anything unusual? Uh, I am in a peculiar position, Commissioner. A nurse is not supposed to have opinions of her own. She must accept what the doctors tell her. And as you know, the doctors say that the deaths are from natural causes. I realize your position, madame, but this is a matter beyond mere professional ethics. It is life or death. I think you had better answer my question quite frankly. Ah, very well, monsieur. All the sick people I have seen have had the proper symptoms of the diseases to which the doctors attributed their death. In all cases, the symptoms have been different. Is that all you have to say? No, monsieur. I cannot help but feel, no matter what the symptoms, that there is something mysterious going on. A hidden power seems to be at work. Are you serious about this? I... I may feel differently when I have rested. I have not been to bed for three nights and I have scarcely eaten at all. The death of my fiancé was a terrible shock to me. I had hoped you could throw some light on the deaths, madame, but if you take the same suspicious approach that the rest of the citizens do, we will get nowhere. Huh? What put the idea of the supernatural into your head? Excuse me, Commissioner, I feel faint. I need some stimulant. I'm too tired to think clearly or to be of any use to you. Here. Here is some wine for you, too. Thank you. But now, madame, what put the idea of the supernatural into your head? I do not know the answer to that question. Feeling as you do, madame, it seems to me that you were very brave to continue nursing the sick for the dying. You are not afraid. For myself, no. But I have a little four-year-old son. And if anything happened to him, I would die. However, I cannot refuse to help when sick people send for me. Can I, monsieur? No. You are very brave. Are you not going to drink your wine, monsieur? In a moment. It is excellent wine and of a very good vintage. It has a nice bouquet. Yes. Let us drink together, Commissioner. Let us drink to an end of this horrible day. I will drink to that with pleasure. I am very sorry. How clumsy of me. Not at all, monsieur. I will get you another glass. No, thank you. Do not bother. I have work to do. I'm sorry that I could not be of more help to you. You look tired, monsieur. I trust that illness will not descend upon you. How is Madame Boyer, Lemaitre? Still unconscious, Commissioner. I left one of my men there while I came back to do some checking. And what have you found out? In every case, in every death, the attending nurse has been Michelle Thierry. Very well. Put detectives on her trail. Are you sure, Commissioner? She has such a splendid reputation. Lemaitre, there is no real evidence to connect Madame Thierry with these deaths. But I do not trust her. Have your men report to me the minute she is called in on another case, eh? So far, we have unearthed nothing tangible to suggest that crimes are actually being committed... We must pick up that evidence before any more lives are lost. Then you do think... I do not know, I tell you. That is what we must discover. The deaths are becoming more frequent. The killer is becoming bolder. We must work quickly. A feeling as you do, Commissioner, should we not arrest Michelle? Hold her on some pretext so that she will not be in a position to practice a profession until we know? It is a terrible situation, the matter. A mass murderer is in our midst. We think we may know who she is, but we have no evidence upon which to hold her. No... We can do nothing. No matter until we get some evidence against Madame Thierry. 
This is John Shuttleworth. So Commissioner Rinaldo found himself truly in a terrible dilemma. He believed with all his heart that he had uncovered the person responsible for the wave of deaths which had swept over his little town. But legally, he had no choice but to allow this terrible woman to continue to practice her profession as a nurse, hope that he could avert another tragedy, and at the same time, seek to gather enough evidence to prove her guilt. Just a moment, we shall hear whether or not he was successful, but first, it's time for O. Henry. Say, Danny, I wonder if they'll have a special name for the 1950s. <laughs> what sort of a name, Janie? Oh, something like the Roaring Twenties that folks talk about, or... Are those fabulous 40s? Well, kids, with so many people concerned about the high cost of living, I suggest the thrifty 50s. And right in line with that thought, there's that wonderful food and flavor bargain you get when you spend a nickel for one of those new, bigger, old Henry candy bars. Just think of it. At candy counters and candy machines everywhere, just five cents buys you that mouth-watering, mellow-rich, old Henry flavor feast of thick, velvety fudge. Covered with a luscious layer of soft, creamy, smooth caramel. Enriched with the golden goodness of crisp, fresh roasted peanuts. All generously, thickly coated with pure, rich, real milk chocolate. Mmm, -hmm. believe me, a bigger, better, tastier nickel's worth you'll never buy. So remember, be thrifty in 50 with real eating fun. Ask for O. Henry, public energy number one. Thank you. Now back to our true detective mystery. Commissioner, Commissioner, Michelle Terry has just been sent for. Madame Roulin is ill. Take two gendarmes. Go to the Roulin home. Contact the servants. Save every glass, cup, or utensil used in giving medicine or nourishment to the sick woman. The minute they give them to you, send them back here to Dr. Zelly. He will be waiting in his laboratory to examine them. Everything must be done with the utmost secrecy. Eh? I will meet you, Lemaitre, on the grounds of the Roulin Villa in about an hour. <laughs> Instructed, I made friends with the servants. Any results? Here is a glass in which Michel Thierry gave her patient medicine a few moments ago. Good. How did you get it? One of the maids took it before it was noticed and slipped it out of the back door to me. Excellent. And how is Madame Hula? Much worse. Her condition is fast becoming alarming. Maybe I'll take the glass to headquarters. You will find Dr. Zelly in the laboratory waiting. Rush the report on his examination back to me and bring Dr. Zelly back here with you. I will be on the grounds at the rear of the house, near the garage. But hurry, every moment is precious. Make the doctor understand that a life is at stake. Getting a kiss of nerves. I would have sworn I heard someone out there before. Oh, so shall let one get older when he hears things. And sees things, I have no doubt.
Meredith, I think this is enough evidence for you, Madame Thierry. Commissioner, what is it? Monsieur Roulin, I wish to speak to the nurse at once. Why? Because I am frightened for the safety of your daughter-in-law. Where is the nurse? What do you mean? Later, later, Monsieur Roulin. I have no time now. You have no time, Commissioner. No, there is no hurry. My daughter-in-law died a few minutes ago. The nurse is still with her in the room above this. Where is the doctor? The doctor is gone, Monsieur. There was nothing he could do. Perhaps not, but there is something I can do, and right now. My patient has died, monsieur. I must ask you to leave. And I must insist upon staying. What? What do you mean, monsieur, by invading the sacred privacy of this room? You and I will both stay, madame, until Dr. Z... Stay, madame. Until Dr. Z... Stay, madame. Until Dr. Zelly arrives. Dr. Zelly? What has he to do with this? He was not the doctor for Madame Runa? Of course not. And you know very well who Dr. Zelly is. He is the doctor in the police laboratory. What have I to do with doctors in police rab- laboratories? Have I not had enough trouble with doctors already without your bringing others to plague me? You will not be plagued long, madame. If I am not mistaken, here is the doctor now and my assistant, Sergeant Lemaitre. Yes, Lemaitre, do you have news for me? Yes, Commissioner. The cup that I took to the laboratory had traces of poison in it. That is all that is necessary. Arrest Michel Thierry. What? Have you taken leave of your senses, Commissioner? No, no. Michel Thierry, I charge you with a terrible series of crimes. You are the death-dealing monster of this village. You yourself are the evil force you told me was in this town. That is not true. I'm a gentle soul and would not hurt anyone. Ask my patients. They love and respect me. Your patients, madame, are dead. Well, that is not my fault. I have been a good nurse. It will do you no good to deny your guilt. The gendarmes have exhumed the bodies of all the people cared for by you who have met death. You were very clever. You only administered poison after you had been called in to tend a sick person whose illness had already been diagnosed by a physician. When the patient died, the doctor, not having been present at the time of death, took your word the patient died of natural causes, the original diagnosis. So you had better confess, and at once. You cannot make me confess. You cannot... It is useless to lie. Tell us, madame, why? Why did you murder all these people... What did you gain by it? I do not know. I do not know why. All these people, I wanted to see them die. They were so afraid. I loved Francois, but when I was nursing him, I was overcome by the desire to watch him go through the agony of death. It was something I couldn't control. He was so afraid. I wanted to see him as he died. I wanted to watch them all die. This is John Shuttleworth. So this terrible woman, Michelle Thierry, went on trial and after only an hour's deliberation on the part of the jury, was found guilty. The judge, in sentencing her to death, said, Michelle Thierry, you have been called a monster, but that doesn't half express the truth. I doubt if all history contains another criminal of your caliber. It was with these terrible words ringing in her ears that Michelle Thierry went to her death thus ending one of the most amazing cases in my experience. Except for the use of fictitious names and places, this was a real story of real crimes, solved by real people with a real criminal brought to justice. But be on the alert. 
A vicious criminal is at large and may be in your neighborhood. As editor-in-chief of True Detective magazine, I offer a $1,000 reward for information leading to the capture of Harry Burton. One month from the date of this broadcast and as a direct result of listening to this broadcast. In just a moment, I'll bring you the details, but first... Hold the phone! Hold the phone! Happy New Year, wherever you are, from America's tastiest candy bar. Yes, the makers of O. Henry candy bars and all of us here on True Detective Mysteries hope you'll enjoy the happiest New Year ever. Good luck to all from Real Eating Fun. That's O. Henry, public energy number one. Number one. details regarding the wanted criminal. Harry Burton is wanted for questioning in connection with the brutal murder of Robert Crane, committed during an armed robbery in Los Angeles, California, on October 1st, 1947. It is alleged that Burton, posing as a messenger, entered a private home and proceeded to rob the members of the household. Robert Crane, the guest, was shot and killed when he did not immediately obey the robber's orders. The murderer then left the house and is still at large. Harry Burton, true name Halliburton, is 44 years of age, 5 feet 10 inches in height, weighs about 175 pounds. He has brown hair and gray eyes. The fugitive has the following marks of identification. His face is covered with burns resembling small pox marks caused by the explosion of a piece of metal when he was working as a welder. Burton is armed and dangerous. If located, notify chief of police, Police Department, Los Angeles, California. On no account, call your local radio station, but notify Chief of Police, Police Department, Los Angeles, California. Then get in touch with John Shuttleworth for the $1,000 reward. Be sure to listen next week when O. Henry, America's famous candy bar, again brings you John Shuttleworth with another thrilling dramatization of an actual crime case adapted from the pages of True Detective magazine. Read True Detective magazine, now on the newsstands for your enjoyment. True Detective Mysteries are dramatized by A. Burnett and directed by Murray Burnett. Music by Paul Taubman. The part of John Shuttleworth is played by Richard Keith. Your announcer is Ralph Paul. This program was transcribed from New York.